You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. Welcome to the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. I am your host, Darren Eubanks. So happy to have you with me. This week is episode 90, and we're going to talk a little bit about the importance of the church. If you haven't noticed, we've been doing that a lot the last few episodes. I'm just extremely passionate about the church. I love the church a lot. I have a real heart for the people of God, for the strength that is available to them through the house of God, through the the presence of God, and through the gathering together with other people. I'm an equipping guy as well, so I believe that there's, there's, there's power in coming together, building each other up. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there who have either been hurt by the church or haven't received proper nourishment or pastoral protection from the church, haven't gotten what maybe the church has claimed to be. And those are true stories and that's real stuff. Many times people experience things in the church that is painful, that hurts. I've been there. I've done that. This episode, I wanted to sit down with my pastor, Devin Leichner. He's the lead pastor at Ark Church here in Wichita, Kansas. The Lord led me through a season of just really being hungry for powerful preaching, for passionate ministry that was focused around the Word of God. And he led me to this church called the Ark Church. And you're going to hear a little bit about Pastor Devin's story as far as where he came from and, and what this ministry is all about for him. But I wanted to have him on because he's also a, he's a truth teller. He's a truth guy. And he is as passionate or, or more passionate than I am about the church of today, about the power of God that's available inside the house of God. And so this is going to be dedicated to those people who are experiencing a season where they don't have a church. Maybe it's because of church hurt. They've left the church for whatever reason. Maybe they're a part of this deconstruction that's been going on in, in the body of Christ. Or maybe they are just unfulfilled in their, their current church and they're hungry for something more. I believe this episode is going to help you out in a big, big way. Pastor Devin brings scripture to back everything up. That's just extremely important to me. But we have a good conversation about the importance of prioritizing the church in our lives. So we're going to get right into it. Again, don't forget to check out kingdombringer.com. All the podcasts, the blogs, all the content that's on there is meant to build up and encourage the body of Christ to be hungry for the things of the kingdom. I believe that the kingdom reproduces hunger inside of us. 
And so all these things are meant to build you up, to encourage you, to edify you. So please check them out. Feel free to share them. There's also a merch store on there that you can support this podcast. You can support what we're trying to do with, with putting out content that's, that's seriously, I can't say it enough, it's meant to build you up and encourage you to be everything that God created you to be. I want a powerful church. The church is going to be powerful. Let's, let's be a part of it. So feel free to go on there, support it if you want. If not, no worries. You're listening, so thank you for that. Without further ado, last week I had Scott Tilly on. I called him the buffest pastor. Pastor Devin might be pushing that title. He's a, he's a black belt. He's a stud. And we're going to get into it right now. This is episode 90, Prioritizing the House of God. Thanks so much. Be blessed. Good morning. How's it going, man? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for for getting on here with me. I've been wanting to to have you on this thing for a while. Um, yeah. You are you're my pastor now. Yes, sir. What I'm an thankful. Honor. I'm thankful for you. And man, you have this this amazing ability to not just get a crowd interested in what you're saying, but you 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 speak with so much passion. And sure. I think, I think it's cause you're passionate <laughs> about well, what yeah. you're doing, Yep, but absolutely. also about who God is. And so, yes, if you don't yes. mind, I want, I want to give you a, a quick opportunity to kind of introduce yourself to the audience a little bit. Tell us who you are and what you're all about. Well, yeah, no, I appreciate it. And thanks. Thanks for your kind words. I, you know, any, any passion that I have, I attribute to the anointing because it's, it's one thing to even read the word, but then when you step into a position to speak the word of truth to a dark world, then there's an empowering that comes on you, you know, and, and so that anointing, there's no feeling like it in the world to be anointed, you know, and uh, it, it, it should come with a cost, but it, it does come with a cost to spend, you know, spend time with God and, and, uh, covet that anointing but uh i as far as my background my father was uh when i was four years old i'm i'll be 47 here next month on september uh he he was called onto the field after shortly after he was saved to be an evangelist and um i was on the road from when i was four years old all the way till about sixth grade uh and dad was preaching in 50 different churches a year for like nine years. Wow. And so I grew up, grew up in a travel trailer behind churches all over America from coast to coast. Uh, I guess that allowed me to see things that growing up, I, I never forgot that if, you know, if I were to, to be this for God or that for God, I, I would be like that, but I would not be like that, you know, wow. or yeah. I would build a church like this, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do those things. And I've heard my dad talk you know, all his life uh, after we'd leave a church or go back to church. And that gave an opportunity too. I think for a lot of good men of God to speak into my life, God brought yeah. people into my life all over the country because of that. And uh, then about 1988, uh, my dad felt a calling to come home and, and start a church. And specifically, he said, build an ark. And, you know, that's kind of an odd thing, you know, to hear, but he basically the scripture 
you know, Noah being warned of God prepared an ark for the saving of his house, a place of safety in a storm-tossed world is kind of the theme. And so we came home in, in 88 and uh, I went to school for the very first time, uh, which was a rough year, you know, learning the ropes. And uh, and we bought the property here in Mays, Kansas and uh, put up a building. And that was after meeting in various places to get on our feet, you know, uh, but built the ark. And I was not quite 17. I graduated a year early and I went ahead and came on part-time staff at the church and started youth group here. And uh, youth group just, I was a soul winner by heart, you know, and I felt like if God said, go into all the world, he was talking to, to young people as well, you know, and, and uh, very early on, I, you know, on that 17 to 20 year old stage where I was, God spoke to me about, uh, just winning souls and and uh that i saw the church the particular denomination we started in was sending all 100 of their money overseas and then there's just such a mission field here with our kids in schools we're always talking about in america how bad things were so i started preaching to the church that we have a mission field in our backyard and yeah. it blew up we bought three vans uh we started running vans to pick kids up on wednesday nights uh, quickly grew to a hundred kids. And then I uh, realized we needed buses. So we bought a bus and then we bought another bus. And then we kicked the, well, I say kicked out, but we swapped places with the adults in the sanctuary and they went to the youth room because wow. we were pushing 400 kids at that time. And we've got, uh, we've got seven buses now, I believe it is. We run about five regularly done that for this is my I think this is my 30th school year and even though I've lead pastor for a couple of years I still I still minister the youth on Wednesday night because I kind of in the process of delegating and and seeing what God has moving forward you know built such a system it's so much still a place in my heart that I I uh, I'm just really listening to God not trying to hold on to it but at the same time I there's a there's a portion of me that feels like I think every lead pastors should be more engaged in what's going on with the youth because the youth is the up and coming future wow. church. Yeah. And when I started really looking at how our youth group was exploding and things like that, I, I found out that the top 10 churches of the 1970s no longer exist. Their wow. doors are completely closed. And God spoke to me. It's because there's no, there wasn't any investment in the previous generation in youth groups. You know, there, yeah. uh, it can be done in so many different ways. I, I don't think that there's a perfect model for everybody but when it comes to youth ministry, it really is your future church. And I feel like a pastor should serve and protect the up and coming, you know? That's good. And so that's kind of my background. I, I've been here for 30 years uh, and, and I love music. Uh, my dad's very music oriented. He sings all over the country and he's got several number one hits. He's done great in his later years. And uh, so growing up in music, I, I started moving into worship and uh started lead worship when i was 19 or 20 and i've done that ever since so i i uh i enjoy leading worship and then uh 2020 the greatest year that you could ever become a, a lead pastor uh stepped in there and and i remember somebody saying to me in january when i first stepped in they're like have you heard about this thing called covid and i was like yeah i have but i hear about a lot of things you know and little <laughs> did we know that that's yeah. what we were headed for but we've grown through that and uh, uh, we've multiplied through that because I, there was a lot of people searching for 
yeah a church that was staying open and a church that's having church on sunday night still and old school you know holy ghost type you know and and we grew people that were looking for that uh and uh but ever ever since yeah the last two years i've been really enjoying uh pastoring and i mean i have a base here there are people that have been with me for 20 30 years that we've worked together and we have dreams and visions that i think it's that much sweeter when you have people that you love and you've worked with forever and you've dreamt about things and have yeah. vision and and then you see those things begin to come to pass that's probably the joy of my heart because paul said in thessalonians you know you are my reward my joy that's that's the way I feel about people seeing vision wow. come to pass that they are, they're able to make it happen. So, but yeah, that's, I guess that's the that's long awesome. version of, well, I definitely want to get, <clears throat> I never want this podcast to be like overly political. I'm not a, a political commentator. I've got, right. I've got thoughts and I've got feelings and I like to talk those through, you know, in a Bible worldview kind of way, yep. but yep it'd be kind of silly. You're, you're, you're again, you took over this church in, when did you take it over in 2020? 2020, January. Like yep. the start of it. Okay. Right at it. Yep. So you, you, for me are the, the perfect person to have on here to talk about this, this COVID church thing. Yep. Yep. Because it was a thing. And many of us, most of us experienced it from the congregational point of view. Yep. Um, but there's lots of pastors that that had to one way or the other deal with this thing. Yeah. When this when this all came down, what was it March, March or so, March or April, I think is kind of when it became a reality here in in the Midwest for sure. What what was your initial thoughts? What was your initial reaction when it when it came out that this is now going to affect the church what was your initial reaction to that um my initial reaction was to go straight to prayer because uh i mean i i'm old enough that i've been in ministry a while and i i know that there is paying attention to what others do and there are things that i think even from mentors that you can glean but then there's that mystery from god that you have to seek him to see what what how do you want me to take this lord because i i saw my initial reaction was okay I'm in this place of leadership and I'm supposed to be just kind of everybody freshness of pastor Devin coming in. What's the vision going to be? What are we going to do? And now yeah. immediately I'm, on, I'm thrown into entire church care of what do we do? I see some of my colleagues closing their doors completely and going online. And first we had never been online before COVID and a God thing. And I'll tell you, this is a God thing in October of Actually, it was September of 2019. I was praying and fasting, God, as I go into this, what is the first thing you want me to do? And he spoke to me and said, buy cameras and go online. Wow. And we bought cameras and wow. went online before January of 2020, before all of that hit, not knowing that that was going to become a very valuable tool for us. So yeah. we were figuring all that out before COVID hit because you know, you probably know as well as I do, everything was selling out to be able to go online. I mean, you couldn't get a camera, you couldn't get, it was backlogged for, and we, God helped us get all that established three or four months before that hit. And so I knew we were okay there, but I was trying to find what is our vein of 
I guess, balancing good people, good church people who were very concerned about COVID. And then some that were like taking the whole, you know, total faith approach, you know? Yeah. And so my initial reaction was to uh, just hear from God and what we were to do, you know? And, uh, you know, we <laughs> came up with an idea and it was freezing cold, but I put a 50 amp breaker on the side of the building and I was like, we're not going to close close. I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't understand how we could completely close down. Yeah. And we did park at the ark for a few Sundays and we had jam packed parking lots, people coming and we set up. I remember Easter was, uh, uh, the, the wind chill was like 15 degrees Yeah. and man, I was in a hoodie and I, I, I love classic trucks and I've got, I've had a few here and there and I had an old Apache. 59 Apache and I set up a stage in the back of that and preached from the back of it. We set up the whole deal and, and, uh, we didn't do it very long. And we went back mother's day to full, like just back in service and did all the spacing and, you know, do the things that we could do. And I, I wasn't opposed to masks, uh, for those who felt like they needed it. I was trying to obviously later that whole debate blew up like crazy. And that, that yeah. became a very, not only political thing, but sensitive for a lot of people that, I mean, I, I offered mass if you want one, but listen, the doors are open. There's going to be some people that, you know, got sick, uh, but we're going to believe God that you come through it. And this is what God spoke directly to our congregation through the, the gifts of the spirit. Some will come through the fire, but they will not be burned. Yeah. And looking back over that last two and a half years, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Some came through the fire, even my own parents. My dad spent five days in the hospital, but he came out of it stronger than ever before. And, uh, so yeah, my initial reaction was to go to prayer to answer your yeah. question and see what God would yeah. have for us. And he directed us. Did you, was there any, cause you guys did, I mean, you guys did shut down for a while, right? Or not. We, we did, uh, I think there were, it was either eight or nine Sundays where we did park at the ark. And then I preached on Sunday morning online. Gotcha. Uh, okay. but yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there any. And the purpose of that, I'm assuming, again, I'm just guessing because we haven't talked about this, but I'm assuming there was a little bit of, we're going to honor local systems and just show honor in that, correct? That's there, kind of there was, the reason why you would do that? Yeah, there was some of that in, initially. Uh, I have uh, one of my really good friends, like, refused hardcore. and you know, uh, he got a lot of negative press and things that, and I'm not afraid of negative press. I mean, For sure. my great grandfather always said, beware when all men love you because <laughs> yeah, you know, you're not standing for something, but I was trying to take a look at that too. And in our community, what do we look like? Because I have a bus ministry and we're running all these kids and the schools had shut down. And I was, you know, even talking to my parents and saying, you know, what if, uh, what are they going to feel like if I just keep trying to run buses and I, I want to look like I care to the community, but I also, you know, yeah, yeah, I want to do the right thing. So, yeah, I mean, we, we shut the buses down and we did, uh, but we went to the yeah. communities and met with the kids on each individual bus, uh, to keep things going, you know, as we could. So, but yeah. I, I watched, the uh, governor Kelly, what she was putting out and they at that time did the things of like, no more than 50 people, no more than a hundred. Yeah. And then I, I, when I read through all of them, I'd pull up online and look through all of the, 
jargon and it didn't apply to religious it couldn't reply to religious establishments yeah. so i was like yeah. well, we're gonna we're gonna keep rolling you yeah. know so we 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 just went right back to it because of that you know yeah so. and I've, I've 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 heard from some some other ministers that kind of carry some regret and i'm never a fan of carrying regret but they carry some regret for how they even gave an open door to allow it you know we yep. we closed our doors out of respect and honor but yep. they've made the comment never again like yep you yep. you showed your cards by being liars yep. <laughs> and yes. and we are the church and so it's almost yes. like the church was the church was passive in a way like i, I would say as a whole much of the church allowed yep. the government to kind of control that narrative and that situation yep. and never again you know never again and i've said those yeah. words from the pulpit and i i'll just interject to say this too that god came on me with a incredible passion when that into that eight weeks was over of just trying to make things work meet in the parking lot but keep things open and i god just gave me this thing called social distance resistance which this is not a plug or commercial for it i've really not yeah pursued to push it any but I, at that time i uh that was kind of a big deal for us i mean we i pushed that those t-shirts all over but there was like people in 25 states wearing the social distance resistance because i put on their love is essential and yeah. we the we the people and stuff like that and i it it birthed in me i guess to say a passion for there was these businesses and gyms and restaurants and you know that were struggling and then you know the pastors that i saw that were getting fined for staying open then i was like all right now it's on because you're not going to come against the church you know yeah. like this and so there were several pastors that were wearing the shirt and I, so that, like I said, it just birthed a passion in me for standing up, you know, for the house of God. Did it feel like a reset? Did it feel like it was time for, it was even time for a reset maybe for the church mindset? I don't know. It, absolutely. Because this is what I said, and this is going to offend some people, but uh, he said he's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Mm. And I told the church and one of the park at the arcs out there when I was preaching uh, that this is this God always takes what the enemy means for evil and turns it for good. And this is nothing more always. than God taking his church to the dry cleaners. Whoa. And without spot or wrinkle, there's a whole lot of junk going on in the church. And I got to say, when there was one in five churches closing for good, yeah. some of them needed to close. It's good. I, some of them did. They They just. Uh, too much compromise, too much uh, compliance, too much yeah. allowance. And uh, if if he's coming back for a remnant, how else do you think it's going to happen? There's there is a clearing so, yeah. away. There is a uh, a taking to the dry cleaner. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it was that's good a reset, and it exposed the backbone of some and the lack of backbone for others. Yeah, that's good. So really, the purpose of this episode, man, I want to talk a lot about. You mentioned the church being essential. That's kind of the point of this of this discussion is yep. explaining why the church is essential. Because one of the things that's broken my heart over the last, <clears throat> it, it, it goes beyond COVID, but it goes a lot of this deconstruction thing that people are yep. going through, like deconstructing right. my faith, deconstructing yep. whatever. And so much of that has to do with 
I'm going to stop doing the things that I was brought up to do. And I'm going to invent new ways to yep. find peace, find joy, find faith, find whatever. And church attendance has taken a hit because of that. Um, Bible reading is taking a hit because of that. Mm-hmm. People are turning their back on all the things that they were raised up to believe yeah. was, was truth. Right. And I've come full circle in my walk. Like church was, has always, dude, I grew up in the church. My family's raised me in the church. It's always something that I did. And then when I was introduced to the Holy spirit and this kingdom living inside of me, (laughs) understanding, I started to use things that I lost the religious in a negative tone, the religious side of going to church. You know, I used to go to church because that's just what you did. You went to church and all this stuff. Yep. But then I, I I found a, a true heart for the church, for the people of God. And so my, my mandate, my personal ministry has been for a long time, the the building up and the encouraging of the body of Christ. Like I have a a passion that burns for the, the people of God not yeah. to say I'm not a I'm not a soul winner or I don't have a heart for the lost. I honestly though have a burning heart for the people of God. And because yes. I do think there's a lot of confusion and I do think there's a lot of things that church leaders have allowed to come in yeah. not protecting their flock. Right. That allows that allows the mindsets of the people to be tainted, you know. And so yeah. I have a heart to kind of bring them back to a a love for the church. And so when this deconstruction thing came down and there started to be major criticism for the church a lot of it had to do with with church hurt a lot of it had to do with other things i'm gonna throughout this episode i want to have i want to offer you statements Mm -hmm. from a let's say devil's advocate point of view from these that are that are being thrown out there as reasons why they don't go to church or reasons why the church isn't important or isn't essential. And I'd like yeah. to have your almost debunking of that, or at least just sure. your initial response to those things. No, and absolutely. So one of the through COVID, man, I feel like Bible prophecy has been something that I've started studying a whole lot more because so <laughs> much of the, you know. I'm not going to say that the the COVID vaccine was the mark of the beast, but I do feel like it was a warm up. Sure. <laughs> I do right. feel like it it brought some yep. things to light about holy cow, you have to have things to buy groceries. That sounds right. familiar. Yeah, right? exactly. And so studying that and when you study end times prophecy or last days prophecy, you do you read about there's going to be a great falling away, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I've heard people that don't go to church kind of get heated about is, well, the great falling away doesn't mean that you're going to church or leaving the church doesn't mean that you're falling away from the faith. Right. What would you, if somebody came to you almost on their defense of not going to church with that mm-hmm. statement of just because I don't go to church doesn't mean I'm falling away from the faith. Right. What would be as a pastor, what would be your response to that? The reason I don't go to church, because there's kind of two things I'd like to touch on and answer, because you mentioned the deconstruction, and yeah. I want to say a couple things about that. Yeah. And then, uh, but as far as the falling away, uh, my question would be, well, 
if we look at specific scripture and what God said, because I always go to the scripture because people, people have a tendency to hear what you say sometimes goes in one ear and out the other. But when you speak the word of God, it yeah. pierces and divides mm -hmm. untruths. And so my question would be, if you say, I'm not falling away if I don't go to church, well, then are you falling away from a commandment? Mm -hmm. Because Hebrews 10, 25 tells us, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Now, when it says that, that's a commandment. And there's a reason why many of the scriptures say one another, encourage Good. one another, speak mm -hmm. to one another, uplift one another. I've preached entire series on, on the church and I, I've, I've truly have never witnessed someone, uh, in, in recent years that quit going to church that was in good fellowship with other Christians. Uh, I mean, there's those that meet in homes and things of that nature, but I have a whole nother take on that. Yeah. You, you need fellowship. We're meant to be is what reason why the Bible says iron sharpens iron. We're meant to be together. And if you say you're not going to a church simply because it has a building and a name, you're going to church somewhere. You're getting together with some people. You're going to find fellowship. And if you're not finding fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ who are part of the body of Christ, like Paul said in Corinthians, that we all have a part on this body. We're supposed to operate as a body. You're an arm, you're a foot, you're, you're an eye, you're whatever you are. Yeah. When you disconnect yourself from that body, Paul said it like that by the Holy Spirit, because you can't do that to your own physical body. Mm. You can't say to your arm, the Bible says, you know, I, I don't need you. I don't, you're supposed to be connected to the body. And then when you fellowship with others in the house of God, uh, that's, that's scriptural. And if you don't get fellowship, like I said, from, from the house of God, you're going to find fellowship somewhere else. And a lot of times that's led by flesh where you find fellowship with others outside of the house of God. Yeah. or even another spirit, you know, mm -hmm. so staying in the house oh, yeah. of God and you're connected. spiritual. <laughs> it's yes. just another yep. spirit. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, all of that, I guess that would be my response is, are you yeah. falling away from a commandment? And I don't know how you can argue if it says forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, yeah. that you're, you're any different, that somehow you and God have, have this thing going on for just you outside of what Paul said about staying connected to the body. And then I don't know how you want to tackle the deconstruction thing, but I, I got something to say on that too. Give me some thoughts on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you've heard it, you've experienced it. I'm, I'm assuming. Oh yeah. I have as a pastor because, of 30 some years. I'm assuming you've heard this. And here's, here's the, the main platform of that is being working with so many youth and yeah. we have 50 adult staff on Wednesday night that are mentors to the youth. And more than 75% of those are students that were saved on the bus that came up through 180 and now their leadership, which is the way the church should grow. In my opinion, the children's ministry should feed the youth ministry should feed the church. Amen. And the reason why some of these churches are dying off is because their youth ministry is not feeding the church anymore. So uh, in saying that so many up and coming leaders are paying attention to those that are, that have a huge platform in the church world, uh, that are speaking this deconstruction thing. And so they're coming to me, these young leaders saying, Hey, what did you see? And, and, and it's, it's public knowledge. So I think naming names is fine, but, uh, K max was one of them that, that yeah. had been with Toby Mac and all that. Um, and then, <clears throat> you know, some of what I've seen lately with, uh, some of the modern rap artists and I could name, name names, you know, yeah. uh, but I, 
they come to me, these young leaders, and say, well, what, what do you think about this? And these guys that have such a massive platform, they know better. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, well, I'll tell you in a, in a minute some of the history I know about some of them. They were they grew up in the church. They were saved in a church, and they should know better. They could be swinging a wrecking ball of truth for mm-hmm. a generation, but instead they're trying to tear down uh, the church that's already being torn down because it's been so full of compromise and lacks such power. Yeah, it's already failing, and uh, so this deconstruction thing. You know, I, there's a new a song out called ain't been to church in a while and uh i hear some of the partial truths in there of what what he's saying you know because rapping can be preaching to a beat basically yeah. and uh the song talks about how the pandemic's purpose was showing us that we don't need the four walls anymore words like uh, i grew up in church feeling pressure to be there every sunday see the devil is aggressively attacking the church why wouldn't he because if you read revelation the only thing that gets redeemed is the bride of Christ. Everything else burns. Yeah. And so he's attacking the church. He's used sickness. We've seen that over the last couple of years. And he's even using some of these who were in the fold that should know better. Because if you think for a minute that God was using the pandemic to lessen his own house. Right. Amen. You, yeah. you need to think twice again, because it's not it, this whole thing wasn't a platform for you to be able to talk about how you were so judged or rap about how you're so judged and how we really don't need this house as much as we thought. Um, I think some of these guys really should visit the persecuted church in China mm-hmm. where they're dying to have a page or two of the Bible. I mean, you hear yeah. about that in church and everybody's like, oh, that's ter-. that actually happens. I, we've got people over there that are experiencing it and they would die to have what we have. Uh, but the pandemic, you know, creating this de well, I guess accelerating this deconstruction thing where you don't need the four walls of the church. It was a an attack, I'm convinced, on the house of the Lord. It people want to look at it as political. There is that side to it, but everything that happens is spiritual. It's the enemies behind anything that comes against the house of the Lord. And this was an attack on the house of the Lord. I believe with all my heart that the devil got sick and tired of hearing I was glad when they said let us go into the house of the Lord. Yeah. And he, he he says, I'm gonna put a stop to it. So he attacked it. But when you see these guys that are talking about, I no longer need the church. And I found out during the pandemic that it's not the four walls. Uh, you're kind of picking a fight with the house of the Lord. And then you get those of us who are going to fight back that are called to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Amen. And like, like what you say, like you love the church, the house of God. And here's the thing. Uh, the rapper that I'm speaking about got seeds planted in him by his own grandmother who took him to church from age eight on. And it was a pastor in a church and a pulpit that preached a word when he got saved and caused, caused this rapper to say, and I quote, get me out of this life in the church, in the house of God, how soon we forget yeah, what the church is doing has done for you, and I, you know, I'm I'm proud of. I, I can't say that I, I I look at all these ministries and say, well, that you know, you're doing perfect here and perfect there. But I tell you one thing, I'm proud of at Hillsong Young and Free is they they released this new track about the same time that this deconstruction rap and you know ain't been to church in a while rap came out called <laughs> House of the Lord, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's what I'm talking about. And in the video, you see 
hundreds, if not a thousand kids jumping around talking about the house of the Lord. And the lyrics are, I'm going to run to the sanctuary. I'm going to go where he set me free. Once I was blind, but now I see. Let the redeemed say so. And all these kids are jumping around just in total joy about the house of the Lord. So when it comes to this deconstruction preaching, I say, stop preaching against the house of the Lord and pushing church hurt. Well, that's another thing we can talk about yep. in a second. And, and separation, how you're deconstructing from the four walls. And I'm going to say this. Watch those who do that and say that uh, fade slowly into their own arguments, their own partial truths and compromise. Uh, because I want to say this. I feel like deconstructing is just a fancy term for backsliding. Yeah. You know, I, that's just the way I feel about it. And and when you deconstruct from the church, and I hope I'm not going too long on this one subject. No, you're I, good. You're okay. Good. I, I feel like someone's wanting to be called Christian without repentance is what it boils down to. Because a true church preaches repentance, right? Yeah. I mean, when you go to church, you should be challenged Amen. to repent, lay things down. It's not about compliance. And if you have to deconstruct in order to keep some level of compromise in your life, then it's easy to spot what the problem really is. Uh, I feel like deconstructors want to call the church judging, mm. but the church isn't judging. The word of God is judging every, right. everything that, you know, you know, you wouldn't believe how many people come to me and they say, well, you know, homosexuality is not in the Bible. <laughs> people that have grown up in the church. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and these are some people that are deconstructing from the faith so they can hold on to something rather than repent of it. But first Corinthians six, nine, and I'll read it says, don't you realize those who do wrong? Okay. So do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, worship idols, commit adultery, male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality. And I have sat with youth pastors that were like, where is that found? Oh, and I'm like, gosh. it's right there in the word of God. First Timothy 1.10 says the <clears> law <throat> is for people who are sexually immoral, who practice homosexuality. And so a lot of young people have come to me, say, you know what, well, I, I, I want to be gay and Christian. And I'm deconstructing from the church because I feel so judged when I go there. I'm like, wait a minute. It's not the church judging you. It's the word of God wow. who's judging. It's judging you. Um, so in order to keep something, I feel you have to deconstruct from the church because the word of God in a church, a true church, judges sin. And just like 1 Corinthians 6, 9, calls it wrongdoing. Yeah. So if you want to, if you have to hold on to some wrongdoing, you're going to have to deconstruct. Um so, it encourages yeah. you to let go of the things of the world, right? Absolutely. The church. Does Absolutely. That. And I feel yes. like one of the one of the, the greatest verses to to combat this whole deconstruction thing is when Paul is writing, I think it's in Second Timothy, first or second, where he's encouraging Timothy to hold tight to what you've been yeah. taught. Hold, hold tight fast. to the things yeah. that we've told you. Hold fast to the things that that yes. is truth because. Paul knew there was going to be people come and try to snatch that away, right? Absolutely. And I yeah. feel like just that alone. I, I've I've been I've been speaking this for a while and encouraging the body of Christ. It is not wrong to hold tight to the things that you've been trained up in. You know, your Absolutely parents, not. your parents, no matter what's happened in the home, no matter if they were if they raised you up in the things of God, if they raised you up in the Word of God. 
those are the things that you can hold tight to, like you said, because it's the word of God. <laughs> like, yes. those are the things. Everything, if there was abuse, if there was verbal stuff, let those go. That's not the word of God. The word of God are the right. things to, to hold tight to that you've been raised up and trained in. And the and yeah. the Bible says, if you raise your children up in that, they will not depart. So there's power, there's clinging power, right? The word of God has the ability to hold tight to you if you let it. Oh, absolutely. But, but if if the word of God and the reading of scripture is one of the things that you deconstruct from, you're losing the word all of a sudden has no power. Oh, and the word is Jesus. Do you have a grip on Jesus right. at that point? Because he's the word, you know, that's and good. yeah. And that whole thing of holding on, that's the reason why God said, I, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I change not. I don't so shift good. like, change like shifting shadows is what yeah. is what he said, you know? It's good. So, yeah. One of the things you brought up, uh, and I want to, one more thing that I've heard said about uh, the church, a statement that I've heard made is the New Testament church wasn't about a building. Jesus didn't even have a building when he started the church. Okay. God established the tabernacle in the wilderness and they were instructed about the tabernacle. And then that, that instituted the whole uh, sacrificial system. And then they built the temple and God has always had a place where he chooses to put his name, whether he said, come to the foot of the mountain or uh, or say, for instance, the, the tabernacle itself. If you want to look at the New Testament church, which is what we're supposed to be a picture of. You have the Corinthian yeah. church, the, you know, Ephesus, all of these churches. And then you have, say, for instance, my church, the Ark Church should be a modern interpretation of the New Testament church. In the New Testament, uh, as a matter of fact, Acts chapter 2, verse 42, uh, it says all believers. Now, this is the New Testament, right? So we're supposed to model ourselves according to the New Testament church. We're under the new contract, the new covenant. All believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship. We covered that. Sharing meals uh, and to prayer. And then verse 46, this is Acts chapter 2. They worship together at the temple every day every the day disciples they did that yeah exactly and so every day they worshiped together and wow. they met in homes for the lord's supper shared meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising god and enjoying the goodwill of all the people and every day the lord added to their fellowship of believers so uh, not only did they meet they grew in number they grew in number which means if you say i'm not going to use the four walls of the church we're going to meet in a we met we we started in a home Good. and then obviously people love what god's doing and then we saw somebody saved and then we reached out to somebody else and then god is a god of multiplication all through the bible it's not just once in genesis where he said be fruitful and multiply that's right all through the scripture he's a god of multiplication and so you're going to grow healthy if you things are, grow yep. yes if you are a light and so yeah for the whole you know Four walls of the church well they they met in the temple we struggle to go once a week now on sunday yeah. morning for you know an hour but they met every single day in, in the, the temple, temple. Okay. together you know so yeah that combated that very well okay yeah one of the things that you mentioned too that i i definitely want to get into a statement that is made often is i've just experienced too much hurt okay and i want to speak to this real quick i 
I've experienced church hurt. I've, I've, I've even left churches and I've gone to other churches to try to escape some of the residue that was left over from, from the church hurt and all that. I had the impression, I actually talked to you yesterday about this kind of thinking one way, but you kind of fixed my, my thinking about it. I think a lot of people think that because you're a pastor and you've been involved with one church for 30 some years that you just deal with people who have church hurt. You don't actually have church hurt yourself. What's your, how do you feel about that? Well, I can answer that very easily. First, first, I'd like to say that hurt is a part of life and people want to blame the church for hurt, but you start out getting hurt in grade school. You have school hurt. Everybody has the the moments that you were put down. I had a horrible junior high experience because I came off the road being homeschooled for six, seven years and then went right into public school. And it was it was horrible for me because I didn't know anything. And then you go through the junior high gauntlet and it's full of hurt. If you think mm-hmm. about it, yeah. high school is full of hurt. Learning uh, what hurt is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But you get up and you go every day. Yeah. And you, you can't shake from it because it's it's a way of life work. I can't tell you working with people how many people dread going to work because of the hurt that's at work. But I don't think you can use hurt as an excuse for involvement in the body. Paul talked about finding your place in the body. And, you know, Jesus is the great healer. Mm-hmm. And there's an there's an issue in your heart if you're holding on to hurt ask him for healing, you know, get up and pursue his house again, just like you got up for everything else in life and went to work, went to school. Don't make your pursuit of his house be about a few people who did you wrong. And, and when you talk about church hurt, there is still a danger of those that are rapping about it and singing about it today that are leading the charge, but I've called them out because they're picking a fight. And I, you know, I've mentioned before, nobody talks about restaurant hurt, you know, nobody talks about used car salesman hurt or or a movie theater hurt. And and somebody, you know, might say, well, but you don't have personal relationships with people at those places. Yeah, but you revisit those places based on an experience. You don't go to church to worship people. You go to experience God. And so I think people I've seen them leave because of a disagreement. Uh, but guess what? The same people problems are going to pop up at the next church, That's right. uh, maybe God's trying to show you how to forgive and move on. That's why he put so much in the scripture about forgiveness, but you don't quit going to restaurants totally when you have a bad experience or movie theaters based on a bad experience. You don't deconstruct from restauranting, you know, uh, only God's house gets that honor, you know, if you want to be honest. Uh, so to answer your question too, thinking of a pastor, I have church hurt. I have massive church hurt. I have sat at my desk with people that I loved so greatly. And I don't say this from the pulpit very much because I, I just, you can, you can be, uh, you can just continue to echo that if you don't let God take care of it. But, but my first few years of, well, I say first years, but I guess coming into getting close to being lead pastor was the most hurtful because there was times where people had been with me for a long time and I found myself under my desk weeping violently, almost getting sick because I hurt so bad because I love deeply. And when you're with people and you love them and you just can't quite get them to see what you're trying to say or what God's doing, 
I've got church hurt. Uh, but the gathering place where God chooses to put his name didn't do that to me. It was Good. people who did that to me. And, you know, people are the church. Uh, but you you figure out forgiveness at work because you have to. You figure out forgiveness uh, at school because you have to. You figure out forgiveness with your neighbor because you have to. Yeah. Uh, we want to say we don't have to with church. I quit, you know, and I'll do you one better. Jesus had the worst church hurt of all because they didn't just try to talk about him. The religious yeah. leaders of his day didn't just try to kick him out. They killed him. Yeah. <laughs> they conspired yeah. to kill him. Yet Jesus didn't walk away from humanity with church hurt saying, you know, I'm done with this. Forget this. Uh, he said, nevertheless, I'll find me a people. And he spun around to Peter and said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the very gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he wasn't just talking to Peter. He was talking about the revelation that Peter got, that you are Christ, the son of a living God. Upon that revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, so good. if you have too much church hurt, I encourage you find healing and get back in his house because that's where you need. You're not, no man's an island. You're not going to survive in your faith by yourself. That's so good. That's awesome. And I, I love, I love the restaurant analogy. I think that's amazing because especially in America, we're not going to stop going to restaurants, bro. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's true. That's find, our fellowship. find some place to stuff my face, right? It's true. No. If we ever want to do something together, that's the first thing we say, well, let's go eat. Yeah. Well, and so. okay. Leading into the, 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 the next and the last statement that I wanted to share with you, yeah. let's take the restaurant thing, for example, because I have heard People say, I'm never going back to that restaurant, but right. they will definitely find one that they will go to. Yeah. They will definitely find another restaurant that they can go to because they love restauranting that much. Yes. So one statement that I've heard, and I do think there's some validity to this one because I've coming from Southwest Kansas where there, there wasn't a whole lot of, I, I love, I love my people. I'm not trying to say that so yeah i personally had a hard time finding a church that um moved in the spirit that understood the power of the word all these things that i wanted that my heart was craving so a statement that i hear often that i've even used myself i just can't find a good church around here mm -hmm. in regards to that restaurant thing I got hurt at a restaurant. The waitress was, was mean. The food was terrible this time, whatever. I'm never going to go back, but I'm going to go find a new restaurant. What would you say to those people that sincerely have a desire to be involved in a good church? They just don't have one around them. And this is a more serious topic, I think. Well, you know, the, the one part of that question that I would handle is, We've always said here at, at our church, because we're on 96 Highway, we've had people that have driven as far as an hour and a half away. Uh, God blessed people that drove that far that maybe they didn't do that for more than five years, but then they, God gave them a career somewhere where they went somewhere that had a church that was perfect for them. Yeah. We always said a church alive is worth a drive. And I think sometimes people sit you know, it's, it's a proven fact that it was like, I don't quote me on this, but it was like over 90% of people die within five miles of where they were born. Mm. And sometimes people just, 
they are what they are because they never sought anything else out when it comes to the kingdom. Matthew 6, 33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. I think if you grow up in a town where in Kansas, I know for a fact that almost every little town in Kansas for some reason has a subway. I mean, you go somewhere and they have a yeah. subway connected to a gas station. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to grow up eating subway all your life, now some people I realize that they've grown up where they have to stay with the farm or they have to, you know, but I think seeking out what you can, uh, what do you want most in life? What matters most? The kingdom of God. And if you seek God and say, you know, I'm dying in this, not finding a place to connect. I need a church. I've told so many people that I feel like that should be priority in your life, no matter what, to find a house of God that you can thrive in because you have gifts. You're supposed to be part of a body. Once you accept Christ, you receive a jersey. You're part of a team. And now there's something in you that God wants to use uh, to further the kingdom. And so I think seeking out and finding a church is is priority. Absolutely. And then if you're going to look for another church, you know, you mentioned that. I, I think, can we just tackle the whole thing of I don't have to go to church? Yeah. Is that is that cool? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it kind of goes along with with what we're saying. Uh, I feel like you through the scripture going to church is is as about as scriptural as you can get in the in the in in a church. The New Testament is another word for that I've preached is a, is a new contract. Uh, we have through Christ a new community called the church. He established it. Um, I've heard a lot of people say. And we, we talked about this a little bit. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Really? Uh, because honestly, you didn't get that from the Bible. Maybe you took the world's thinking and brought it into the church. But we don't have that theology in sports or anything else. If you're a part of the team, hmm. you go to practice. Wow. You know, uh, I've heard people say this many times. When I left the church, I felt more free than ever before. Well, of course you did. You took the jersey off. You quit going to practice. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, and my my answer to that is freedom from what in order to do what? That's if you right. felt more free than ever before. So I put it this way. You're spiritually homeless and jobless if mm. you're not going, if you're not connected to a body. Wow. Uh, you know, that whole scripture we read in Acts 2.42, and I'll try to be very short with this but this is just something that's on my heart. So I got to let it boil out here. Uh, all believers devoted themselves. They worshiped together, verse 46 of chapter two, at the temple each day. And I feel like when you're talking about, I can't find a good church. I, I Should I get in a church? Do I, do I really need to go to church? The church, this is a statement I've made before, and its activities is a place where you connect and protect. I mean, I think that's super valuable because Paul described it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that we're made up of many parts, like I said before, and he's talking about the physical body, uh, but we're one body. All parts that we talk about are separate parts, but they're also one body. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you, there's a part, is literally, literally what he's saying. And you can't say, I'm in the fold, I'm a follower of Christ, but I refuse to be a part of the body. You're automatically a part of the body when you find Christ, the moment you come into relationship with him. So you can't say I'm part of the body, but I hate so many people that have hurt me over here that I refuse to join them ever again. 
that doesn't work in your own physical body. Like I said before, you have the Church of Rome, the Church of Corinth, the Church of uh, Ephesus, and then you have your local interpretation of the church with the same values of the New Testament church. So he just he gave you a jersey. Therefore, you're part of the team. Um, you show up for practice and you're kind of under contract to perform yeah. as the body of Christ. You're a player. Right. You're held uh, accountable you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You show up to practice, you study the playbook. Uh, it's it's why you study the Bible. You come under coaching when you're on a team and teaching. Uh, you show up for game day, you sweat, you strive, you struggle, which are also words they're trying to do away with in the church that, yeah. you know, you're trying too hard if you do any of that. Uh, <laughs> when we take a loss, you take a loss. When the church wins, uh, you win. We do everything together. It's a powerful community. Uh, and so uh, we keep thinking that, and I think this is something I'll finish up by saying that church is something that man created it and we treat it like that. But no, Jesus created the church and he's the head of it. Uh, one, one illustration I used is if somebody says, you know, somebody says, well, I, you know, I, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. I don't need to go to church. Well, if you, if you saw somebody say, I'm an NFL player, what's the first question you ask them? What team do you play for? Yeah. Um, I'm on my own team. Mm -hmm. I play for my own team. Yeah. Well, I, that's laughable. You know, you might call them <laughs> crazy. We should do, we should react the same way when people say I'm a Christian, but I don't need church. That's against scripture. Cause this yeah. whole thing of if it's truth for you, if it's your truth has crept into the church in this way. And people want to say, well, I, you know, I don't have any church. It's just me and Jesus. Like you have this thing going on with just you and God only but that's not scripture. That whole Hebrews 10, 25, 24 and 25, sake, not the assembling of, of ourselves together. <laughs> is the place where you come under coaching. You gather to honor him. We celebrate him. We worship him. It's where you're coached. It's where you jump into Bible groups and you don't forsake that. You serve together. You grow up together. You connect. And it's just a question of, are you just wearing a jersey or are you a player? It's so uh, good because I, that's that's just the way I feel. You need to connect to a community, and I think it should be priority in whatever situation you're in. Seek first the kingdom of God in your life, and then let Him worry about adding these other things. And it may take a massive step of faith, but I think it's got to be done. That's so good. I've, I've I've heard the the sports analogy a lot in regards to the the idea of church, and I love it because I heard somebody say one time that the game is like life, and church all the activities involved with church is like practice mm. so many of us want to live life they want to be a part of the game but never participate in the practice and it makes so much sense on a sports level because we're americans and we love our sports we would yep. never expect the even the best player to show up at the game having never practiced with the team and to first right. of all be allowed to play and yep. secondly, expect them to be any good at it. Yeah, no, it's true. Like, there's and no, you know, with, with no practice with one another, if I don't have mm -hmm. practice with Devin, I can't expect to live life well with Devin. What did Jesus right? say? <laughs> they will know you're my disciples when they see you love one another, that That's you right. love one another. And then That's too, right. the very architecture of the church, church betrays us because it's set up in a way that 90% of people watch 10% of the people do the work. And that's got to be switched around, you know, I, I, I just, uh, yeah, I'm very passionate about that too, because yeah. I, I've seen God do 
too much stuff in too many lives. These kids will be bringing on the buses because if you do away with church, what happens to those 15,000 kids a year that come through 180 on Wednesday nights here? Mm-hmm. Where, where are that? You think they're going to seek out a voice of truth online or that the enemy is right. going to allow them to even, they're going to start subscribing to preachers or something, you know, these 16 right. year olds, what happens to evangelism? you know, the way that the church is, is set up to do it, you know, cause so many kids get saved, filled with the Holy ghost in the house of God that never even, never even would have known had there not been a place for the voice of truth, you know? That's so good. That's so good, man. This has been awesome. And I, I want you, I want to end this thing with giving you a moment to speak, spe- speak specifically to maybe two sets of people. They're in the mm-hmm. same place, but they got there two different ways. One, it's that person who's deconstructing, who has chosen to leave the church because they haven't found their way or they haven't found what they're looking for. And they've decided that it's not important to them. Or two, it's that person that's going to church, but is teetering on that. They're, they're not fulfilled. They're not seeing the importance of this thing. And maybe they're questioning whether or not this Sunday morning Wednesday night activity is that important to them. I would like you to speak to them and give them some encouragement to either get back in the house or stay in the house. Go. Well, the, the first individual, if if you're deconstructed from the faith, you know, the uh, one thing I I say a lot is relationships are the conduit in which change flows. And if you went that way, who did you associated with that caused that change to come into your life? And by the same token, who have you not had in your life that could speak truth into your life and healing and iron sharpens iron. And, and if you become dull in that, it's because you haven't had the right voice in your life uh, that's speaking the word of God to, because sometimes you can read the word of God, but a lot of times there's the fivefold ministry giftings, which is, you know, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist that speaks the word of God that changes you. And there's so much junk on the internet today. You know, it's like salt. You know, when you have uh, uh, the word of God and you and you sprinkle, you know, the truth and stuff like that, then there's a whole nother thing of getting online and taking the lid off the salt and just taking everything and so much stuff. It'll make you sick. Yeah, there's true. so much out there. There wasn't deconstructing before. Uh, you didn't hear about that before internet and preaching and podcasts and all the things that, you know, is out in the world today. And I would say to that person, you need a voice of truth in your life so that healing can take place. Don't deconstruct from what God established. And he never said, stop. It's just like when he said, let there be light. And the universe Mm. started expanding at 186,000 miles per second. It never stopped because he never said light stop. When he established the church and spoke these scriptures of don't forsake yourself, and they met in the temple and all this stuff, we're supposed to be a model of that. We keep wanting as a church to pull away and lessen prayer meetings and lessen how many times we meet together. But that scripture says even so much more we're supposed to meet as the day approaches. And so a lot of these guys, you know, that maybe deconstruct from the faith or gals, I would just say you've pulled away so much. Number one, you may not have a voice of truth in your life that's powerful enough to to speak to your heart, to to find healing. And then you've deconstructed from the people that you need to be around. And I encourage you to seek out, don't give up and walk away because I've never as a pastor seen someone deconstruct from the faith that actually kept their faith. 
there's people that hold on for a long time, but in the end, it comes down to you surrendering to what God said in his word in the first place. And that second person that you're teetering on, whether this is really, you know, for me or not, have you found your place in the body? Because if you don't have a leader or a pastor or someone that speaks to your heart or speaks to you and helps you find your place in the body, start out by asking God, say, God, I feel lost. And Paul said in in Corinthians that we are all part of the body. I don't, I feel disconnected. If God is the God that we know he is, not only can he heal spiritually and physically, he can find what you need and heal that part of you so that you become connected to the body. If you're just attending church and you don't feel the anointing, you don't feel the presence of God, a lot of that is in relation to what you're doing on your own. Like when you're praying, your prayer life, not just reading the word of God, but getting down and seeking God until you feel him. He's a He's a God that said, seek me while I may be found. And he also said, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So where is your level of of seeking and hungering after the righteous, not just church, but the things of God so that you can find your place in the body? So my compassion comes out to you if you feel lost within the body of Christ and you're teetering on whether I should go or not. Uh, I, I mean, I hate to say this, but there are places where people are dying in a church because there's just no truth preached or no no uh power of the word of god that's why so many people are deconstructing from the church because it's powerless yeah um get in a place where there's power where you feel the presence of god where every time you come together something clicks in your spirit and it causes you to seek god and if you say well you know i i want god well the proof of desire is in mm. pursuit what is your level of pursuit to find your place in the body and it'd just be the enemy for you to give up and walk away but god has a place for you in the body you know he does so good i love that thank you for that that's awesome the church is important the church is essential i thought of second thessalonians 2 6 as you were talking there's there's one thing that's standing in the way from the antichrist agenda having full force. And that antichrist agenda, for some reason, sounds like a political statement. It's a biblical statement and it's going to happen. There's an antichrist agenda in place right now. There's a spirit of the antichrist. And there's one thing that stands in the way from that thing being fully manifest. And it's the great restrainer. It is the church. Yes. It's the church that's standing in the way. And so, like you said, when we started this thing off, Jesus is coming back for a spotless, wholesome, very strong church. Yes. That has been put in place to hold back the forces of darkness. And I, for one, believe that's important for me and my family and my friends and anybody that I'm in relationship with. And I will continue to stand firm in the way of the works of the enemy as a, as a big C church. I want it to be stronger, not weaker. And so I'm doing what I can. You're doing what you can. It sounds like I can speak uh, from experience that you're doing that. I love you and I love uh, your, your, your passion for the word of God, man. I think that's love you too, bro. um, Love. I think that is what we need. 
We, yes. we need that. And like you said, if you haven't experienced the power of God in a church, I give you permission. I think Devin gives you permission to seek that yep. out 100%. Yep. Right. I'm never going to be the kind of person that tells you, you've been going to a dry Methodist church your whole life and you got to just hang in there and stick. No, right. you have permission to seek out for you and your family a yep. powerful church, yes. but it's you you got to do it. Seek first yep. his kingdom and everything else will fall into place. And I think no. that don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. No, absolutely. It is important to find. <laughs> yes. And you're, you're, you're right on key uh, that just, you know, when he said the gates fail should not prevail against it, the church is supposed to be a gate taking force. That's so good. And, and if, if it weren't for the church, darkness would overrun an entire area. But right. uh, you know, let me, let me bless you, bro, because yeah. Everybody has their wheelhouse and a calling and stuff too. And, and this is not mine. As a matter of fact, behind <laughs> the scenes, Darren had to help me figure out how to look like I knew what I was doing on here, but I don't, you know, I just got on Facebook two years ago, first time in my life and I'm going to be 47, but my wife's uh, a big fan of that, by the way. But you know, the, the whole, uh, what you do creates an avenue for the voice mm. of, of truth. And I, you know, I bless you for that. And yeah. somebody that hears truth in one way or another, you know, that gets healed or or finds their place is 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 your ministry right now, you know. And and the last thing I'll say about that is the whole online. God spoke to me about when this thing hit and people, you know, church is going online and all that stuff. It's his word is going here and there and everywhere. Yeah. And there's a scripture about that, that everyone in the world will have an opportunity to hear the gospel. But I just thank you for being a part of of that ministry of creating an avenue for the voice of God to be amplified. So good. You know, that's so, so yeah. Thank well, you. And another, another verse it's, it's really prevalent to that is, you know, Jesus is talking and he says, you will do greater things than this, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I feel works. like this is an avenue that more people have an opportunity to hear the gospel now than Absolutely. ever before by foot. Yep. Right. Yep. So yeah, we're, yep. we're, we're a part of a, a an amazing time period. It's true. A, we are a part of a extremely uh, dynamic time period for the church. And yep. anybody that tells you different than that either doesn't know the word of God or right. is is meaning to harm you in your spiritual right. walk with the Lord. That's true. Kind of That's true. Yep. Bro, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate the opportunity.